Today on Her Wild Outdoors, Lindsay Catrola joins me from Texas, and we get to chit-chat a little bit about her journey uh, going from rifle hunting to bow hunting, but kind of the journey um, as a hunter from something that you're very familiar with to something new, and we all know that feeling. So join me for a listen. All right, today on Her Wild Outdoors, we have got Lindsay Catrola from Texas. I think you are a self-named um, uh, comedian on your Instagram page, which I love. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, hey, do me do me a quick favor, and it, it doesn't have to be quick, but give me a little bit of a background on you. I, I love to know people's backstories and how they got started kind of in the outdoors, and um, I think you've been in it for a while. Uh, I have uh, pretty much my, my whole life, so I was born and raised in Texas, as you mentioned. Um, I'm a farmer's daughter and also the, the son my dad never had, um, <laughs> which kind of led into the fact that my dad loved to hunt, and as a little girl, I was always my dad's shadow, so the fact that he loved to hunt, that just meant that, well, I wanted to be with my dad, so that naturally created my love for hunting. Um, and it just was one of those things that just continued to blossom and blossom. And, you know, now my dad says, it seems like I created a monster. And I'm like, well, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> but, but it's awesome now because now kind of the, the roles have kind of shift. And now it's like, he'll ask me for some advice mm. or like pointers or like, hey, what do you think about hunting this or that? And it's like, wow, you know this is that moment that I've been waiting for in my life for my dad, you know, the guy that taught me everything to now be asking me questions and for advice. So, um, that, that, that was a pivotal moment for me. Yeah. I, the, I went on a, I climbed a mountain one time in Northern New Mexico with my baby brother. Like he's 10 years younger than me. And I met him over in Texas, in El Paso, because he's in the army. He's a Black Hawk pilot. And um, I met him there, pinned him with his new, um, his, he was, I guess, uh, in a way, he was promoted. And, um, and then we drove up to New Mexico. And it was the first time that I stood behind him and he led. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he took, uh, he had to take the lead because he was in a position that I had not been in. And I will always remember that. And I don't know, I, I don't know if he will, he talks about it sometimes, but giving control to him, I thought I'd be nervous about, but I was so excited to switch roles. Um, from potty training him as a little kid to <laughs> you're right. And now you're, you're following yeah. him and he's leading. That's yeah. so awesome. It is. And that, it, that story reminded me of that, just the, um, the emotions that come behind it. So it's kind of cool. Um, like, I wonder how your dad feels about it. Um, like in a proud, like I'm sure he's completely proud and, but I'm sure it's a little bit nostalgic to turn around and like, ask those questions and get your input on it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially, you know, if, if you knew my dad, he is, uh, he, he's a, a rough and tough one. So he's <laughs> one of those that he will. And I love him to death. He's mm-hmm. my best friend, but he's just one of those that will never, ever 
give me a compliment or mm-hmm. or like give me props on something, but he'll brag about me to all of his buddies and yeah. everything. And I'm like, you know, just one day, one day, can I get a compliment? He's like, yeah, I got to keep you on your toes, you know, I got to keep you. And I'm like, well, I guess, I guess it's working, mm-hmm. you know, because I've been on my toes for, yeah. for this long. So, Well, and the respect when he asks, you know, that there's respect there, whether he right. says it or not, there's <laughs> exactly. a feeling of you have enough respect for me to ask the question. And it's really stinking cool to be in that relationship. Um when it's flipped like that, uh, that's pretty cool. Right. That 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 in itself is the biggest compliment. Like I don't need him to say like, "Hey, I'm proud of you." Yeah. It's more, you know, that means is more to me by him being like, "Hey, so you know, do, do you think that we should go at it this way or that way or like, how do you think we should hunt these deer at this place?" And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yep, yep that that's the 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 gold star I've been looking for." Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. It's the it also (laughs) it also proves the actions are louder than words because I don't know. I am probably very similar with, you know, show me or listen. Like if there's if Mm -hmm. there's listening on the other side of it, I know I'm being respected and I know that there's a it's not it's not that mentor way up here and and learning way down here it's kind of evened mm-hmm. out and that's um that's special I'm I can't wait for that to happen with with my kiddos but I've seen it happen a little bit with my husband because he hunted way before I did and mm-hmm. we have kind of gotten to the place now where he asks my advice or he listens to my input or um I, it has kind of become that level playing ground and it's really cool to be a part of that. Yeah. And it, it is like a badge of honor, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the very beginning you haven't earned it, Yep. you know, because if you just started, you don't know any better, but you know, it is that badge of honor because once you reach that point to where it's like, okay, like obviously you've proven yourself um, through actions, you know, because mm-hmm. we can talk about things all day long, right? But it's it's through our actions that that we prove ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's just a huge achievement, like you said, like to have somebody reciprocate that and then to, to ask for that advice. Cause I it's agree. Like, yeah, 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 I've done it. I, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. So. There's a, there's that accomplishment of, yes, um, yeah. a little bit of pride. And then probably 10 steps later, you are humbled back just a few steps <laughs> with, with any kind of lesson that you're learning. Um, I know that that's, uh, I have hit a couple of different things along the way that, you know, there are those lessons that you learn in a good way. And then there are those lessons that you learn in a bad way on a hunt or outdoors. Well, well, uh, and Oh, yeah. Well, there's always <laughs> the thing is, though, is like, you know, a lot of people, whether it's through hunting or life in general, um, you know, I hate the whole, you know, failure is not an option. Oh, yeah. Well, it, no. has to be. it has to be. If, if, if failure is your final mm-hmm. destination then no, that isn't an option. But in order for you to become successful, in order for you to be able to learn in anything, especially in hunting, um, you've got to fail. And the thing is, is what do you do? How do you learn from those mistakes, those failures? How do you change and modify your approach and then continue to to use that knowledge that you gain to move forward, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. 
failure is essential. Mm-hmm. If, if we didn't fail, then, you know, we really wouldn't make a lot of progress. Agreed. There, there is true benefit to doing things wrong the first several times around. Yeah. Because you never have to second guess yourself. You never have to sit there and wonder like, well, I wonder if that would have worked. Well, no, you know, it didn't because <laughs> you tried it. It's it true. Didn't, and so you just keep on moving. Yep. Modify and keep on moving. It shows the kind of person that you are when you pick yourself back up and, and try it a new way and you might get knocked back down again and you get right back up and try it again. Um, it's, it's the people that walk away. I don't know. We have, we have hunters that are people that begin to hunt who have never been hunting before and they go on this one hunt or to a becoming a woman, an outdoor woman or to a, they've been invited to hunt camp for the first time ever. And then nobody else follows up with them after a while. And so you Mm -hmm. have that one experience, but it's hard coming in at a later time when you don't have a parent mm-hmm. who's brought you up in it and you don't have people around you who are hunting. It's hard to get into hunting. We were talking about that the other night, explaining the fact that it's hard to imagine, like my husband has a hard time imagining what it's like to be an adult getting into the hunting world. Um when you don't have any support system in that, how intimidating it can be walking into a sporting store and being like, okay, what do I get? Uh. Well, I can, I can actually totally relate to that. So, you know, yes, I have, I've, I've been hunting, you know, since I was five and I'm 35. Mm -hmm. So I, I've been rifle hunting for three decades and I, I just recently bought a bow of like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I can tell you that I don't get intimidated pretty much ever with anything, but I was sitting in the, the parking lot of a, a bow shop and I could have almost threw up because yeah. number one, I, I hate, I hate not being good at something. Yep. And two, I, I don't like not knowing anything. And so I, I, I use this, um, wom- like woman in a carbine, like used car yes. scenario yeah. because if they don't know anything about cars, they step on the lot and then the used car salesman basically rolls them mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, that doesn't just happen with women. It happens with men that don't know anything about cars right. either. But, and so, uh, you know, I was complete, I was just like, first of all, I'm, I'm too dang old to be starting, you know, something brand new. Like I might as well not know anything about hunting at this point because mm-hmm. this is a completely different ball game. Yeah. And so as confident as a hunter, as I am, especially with a rifle, I literally was sitting there intimidated, just completely terrified because I was like, I don't know anything. You know, what, what am I doing? I'm second guessing myself, which I usually don't do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will say though, that, you know, through, uh, support, um, some people, you know, like mutual friends on, on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, they were like, let's make some calls. We're going to get you set up at a, a, a bow shop that will, you know, take care of you. And yeah. so that's why I ended up driving a hundred miles to, uh, leading edge and Bernie. And, you know, they were just like, Hey, we've never seen a girl walk in here by herself and be like, Hey, I want to get a bow. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, you know, I, I, I did hear great things about you guys, uh-huh. you know, that, you know, that 
I was in good hands and that's all I needed to hear. Right. Yeah. I was like, but I'm not gonna lie. I was absolutely terrified and completely intimidated because to me, the whole bow hunting industry is, it's the same, but it is also completely different. You know, you have a lot of bow hunters that have never touched a rifle and have no intention to. Yeah. And so they have certain feelings about, you know, rifle hunting and that's completely fine. But I was just like, here I am. I've you know never grown up with this, never, ever had a support system for archery because my dad's always been against it. And, and that's OK. He's allowed to have his opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but I, I didn't have that support system, you know, growing up, teaching me about it and then helping me, you know, to achieve that myself. Right. So even though I've been hunting all these decades, I, I definitely can relate and I'm empathetic in that regard, <laughs> especially with my bow experience. Yeah, it's it's a I'm I'm like you. I don't like to do things that I'm not good at and uh asking for help is really hard to do. Um, really hard to do. Like, sounds like I'm listening to myself right now. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I hate, I hate asking for help, but yeah. I have learned after so many years mm-hmm. that it's so much easier when you do. It really is. And it's not, I think that especially in the hunting community, everybody has started somewhere and yeah. And hunting, especially hunting is, constantly evolving. And so you are constantly, if you are wanting to learn more, if you are wanting to try new things, if you are wanting to hunt something new, if you are wanting to hunt in a different terrain, like there are Uh so many ways that you're going to be a newbie every single time. And so every single time, right. And so everybody has been there at some point. And for the most part, I have noticed that our outdoor hunting community realizes that. And I think that you can find a whole lot of great mentors out there because they remember being new and they remember that feeling of intimidation and taking that first step and like, what, what's my draw length? What's my, like figuring out all of those things that you don't know. So, um, right. I would be more comfortable with a bow than a rifle. I I target shoot with my rifle all the time, but I've actually never rifle hunted. Um, And so I'm not intimidated by it. I just haven't had the opportunity to do it. And I don't know how the end result would come out. I have not Mm -hmm. been there before. So it does, since it is new, it still has that slightly intimidating feeling going into it. Um, so it is, it's, it's constantly evolving. And I think I love it because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many different ways and so many different, you know, species and I mean, different animals and terrains, like you said, that like, you know, like bless someone's heart if they know how to do it all and have hunted it all, then, you know, (laughs) good for you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I I think a lot of it is is so intriguing because it, it, a lot of it has to do with the unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. And what I had to, to, to keep reminding myself is that, you know, I, when I first started rifle hunting at five years old, you know, I didn't know anything. Right. Uh, but 
I've also had so many years of practice and, and I kept telling myself, I sure hope it doesn't take me this long to get good at a bow as it did with a <laughs> rifle. But, but, but I, cause I was like, I may not be alive that long. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, like I'll, you know, AARP and everything will be sending me my retirement checks. <laughs> I may not be physically capable of, uh, of pursuing, you know, spot and stalking an animal with a bow at that point. But you might just have to switch over to crossbow at that point. (laughs) Right, right, right. But, you know, in in all fairness, you know, it's like, granted, like, you know, I I wasn't the same caliber of hunter that I am, you know, back then as Mm -hmm. I am today. Yeah. But, you know, you know, it's something new and it it was intimidating. And, you know, like to me, that's the, the way that I can help to like equate like new onset female hunters that yeah. come in and are, or, you know, female or male yeah. people that, that have never hunted before that are intimidated about it. Like, Hey, I get it. Like, yes, I have done this my whole life, but in terms of the archery aspect, like I, I'm still working on it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I'm working on it and you know, I get that. I can relate to that. That's, um, you see, so I think I told, I told you before we started the podcast, the, the first, um, the first time I saw your Instagram page, um, Scott Davis had sent, uh, your page to me, Hey, you need to, you need to take a look at this, at this hunter. And I went, okay. Um, and it was the post that you have on Instagram of you, pulling that huge ass deer up into your truck and the post was about hey we don't we don't all fit in this little box that you have for women or for hunters or for you know when you say you know she harvested this she killed this was she with somebody did she stock this animal did she do all the work and and it just shows you doing the hard work Um, (laughs) because pulling a deer up into a truck bed like that is not easy by any means I have been there and it is hard Um, it's very hard dragging a deer is hard pulling it up is really hard and so I just sat there going Holy crap, this this hunter has balls, eh? Um <laughs> but also uh just the like it can be intimidating seeing people on social media who like you said they like you know what you're doing with a rifle, you know what you're doing when you're out hunting. Mm-hmm. But to be able to sit here on the podcast and hear that you s- switching over to bow hunting is out of character intimidating to you, it brings you back to a place where not only can you relate to other people, but other people can relate to you. And it's really cool. I really like that. Um, It brings you down, not down, like don't hear that down, but it brings you to a level. And and I appreciate that. And I think also like to add to the stress is that, you know, I did say that, you know, my dad is, um, I don't want to say he's anti bow hunting, but he's, he is a huge animal lover. Right. And so, so this isn't to like debate, you know, archery over rifle hunting, but he, he likes to see an animal. Number one, he's like, I don't like to track animals. I like them to be right there where, uh, where I I shot them. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And he's like, you know, I just don't like to see them separate. And I'm like, all right, I get that. Right. And so the thing is, is that, if anybody is going to change his mind, 
it's going to be me. Yep. And I've got to make sure that I do this and I do this right. Right. This isn't about gaining followers or gaining likes. No. This is about respecting an animal and harvesting it ethically by taking, you know, uh, by practicing my ass off yes, and ensuring that when I draw back on an animal, and of course there's a multitude of things that can go wrong. I mean, this, this is life here, right? Right. right. And this is nature. And if we could all script it out, that'd be perfect, but that's just not, that not going to happen. Humble. Yeah. Right. Never. But, but all I can do is put in the work and do the best that I can to mm-hmm. try to minimize the things that go wrong yep. the best that I can. I agree. So, so to me, that just adds to, um, you Your know, desire. It, it adds to the, mm-hmm. yeah, it adds to the desire because, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that like anything that I do, I, I don't do it half ass. I, I go all full ass, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yep. but, um, but it, but it's important to me because I want to make sure that I'm able to, to change that perspective of his in regards to archery. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the only person that's going to be able to do it is going to be me, Yeah, but I got to do it right. You know, so, we, I've this was the first year that we took our kids out hunting. And the first uh, day that I had my nine-year-old with me, um, we actually were able to take a shot on a doe. And my biggest prayer as I saw this deer come closer was please, please take a good shot. You know? Uh um, Yeah. Having a new hunter with you, whether it's a child or an adult, if, or an adult, yeah. If they are with you for that, whether it's gun hunting or archery hunting, whatever it is, um, man, you just it, no matter even by yourself, you just want it to be a good shot, and that mm-hmm. it was the it was the best shot I could have taken, and um, I think she went ten yards and, and fell over, and so I was able to explain, hey, this is. This is why you practice. This is why mm-hmm. you wait. This is why you don't take a shot if you don't think. And he had already made that decision that day. Hey, I'm not ready. I have not practiced enough. And mm-hmm. um, and so it was. That, that's awesome in itself, though. For you know, him that, to that be is, able to listen. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. That is super awesome. It made me very proud. I think I was more proud of that than when he actually got a deer later. Um both are very proud events, but for him to be able to take a step back in the moment of excitement and say, Maybe. I'm not ready, not because I'm not ready because I don't want to harvest an animal, but I'm not ready because I don't think I can ethically take a shot. And I loved it. That's incredible. Yeah, that is so incredible. I very, yeah. that's so awesome. I yeah. love hearing that. Um, but yeah, it kind of, it, I, you can talk all day about ethics and hunting and, um, and making sure you take, you know, hunter safety classes if, if you're, you haven't, and you're of age that you need to. And, um, I mean, I was 35, I was your age when I started hunting. Um, Mm -hmm. and 34, I was 34. And so it was, um, going through all of those different levels of, okay, what do I need? What do I need to learn? What do I need to get? What are the licenses that I need to have? What are this, what's the schedule for seasons? Where can I hunt? Like all of that, it felt so overwhelming at times. Um, even though I had a husband that hunted, things would, things are different. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm five, two, he's six, two. 
um, I, I had to modify things to fit the way that I could hunt independently. And it took four years to figure that out. Four, mm-hmm. four years to be able to hunt independently. Um, and I solo hunted every time I went out, but I always had to make, make a phone call. Hey, can you come out and help? Um, and like I said, I don't like to ask for help. And it mm-hmm. was four long years of having to ask for help. And I learned a lot of lessons in that, um, that I would never take back. Um, because I think it got me to a point of, okay, I can ask for help. I'm not afraid to ask for help because it's going to make me better. And I love mm-hmm. that part. I love getting better. <laughs> I don't want right, right. And well, and at the point that we stop learning is is the the danger zone, right? Yes. We think that we know everything is is when we're in the red zone because you know you can never stop learning, especially no. when it comes to to these animals, to mm-hmm. nature, yep. and and everything. Like it's just the it's the endless learning path. And yeah. I, I love it. It's all, there's always something to be learned. And I think that, you know, especially like with whitetail, I'm a whitetail fanatic. Yep. And I, I, I'm just as fascinated with those creatures at 35 as I was at five years old. Mm-hmm. And every single year I continue to learn something new. I, they teach me something about them. Yep. And I'm just so fascinated with them, you know, I, I love, <laughs> man, I love, I, there's, there are so many things out there in Texas. You guys have so many things that you can hunt. Um, mm-hmm. but why I danced with a buck this year on public land and never got him. And it was like, rah, one day, one day it is going to happen. One hopefully. Day. Um, but it it is it is that dance it is it brings you back it makes you want more um there's just nothing like a white tail <laughs> yeah it, it, no there there really isn't and i mean like i said like and what's crazy is like you know yes it's frustrating and disappointing that you didn't get that deer but i'm sure that that deer taught you so heck much yeah heck yeah you did in the pursuit of, of white tail right mm-hmm. so I yeah. love them. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. And like, I, I've made a post before, you know, that I'm sure that other people, you know, in other parts of the country that have like elk and, you know, like moose in their backyards, they're probably like, oh, that's cute. They're over there having them little white tail deer, you know, uh-huh. but it's like, I mean, I just have been hunting them since I was knee high to a grasshopper. And, and I, I have continued to fall in love with them more and more and more every single year. And I'm just fascinated with them. I'm a fanatic. Yeah. I, I think that there are a couple of people that I've talked to you in um, in the western, like northwest um, part of the U.S. that elk hunt, mule deer hunt, like all of that. And mm-hmm. they themselves, I have heard it out of their mouths that whitetail are a different, a different animal in in a whole lot of many ways. And it's um, to bow hunt a whitetail is uh it is a different kind of frustration that again mm-hmm. like you said it brings you back for more it's it is it's a taunting and a there's a lure to it and um 
I don't know. It's there's that there's buck fever and then there's white tail. I just there's there's no explaining it. Um, <laughs> right. Because when it when it connects and 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 your day comes to a fruition um, with a harvest and a it, there's um, it's magical. It's uh you got one this year. Was it this year that you posted? You were sitting in a field. Um, yes. Man, you were emotional. <laughs> you could feel that through that video. Um, I got my teeth kicked in. And like I said, like if I had balls, um, <laughs> uh, this, this past season was the equivalent of them being tap dance on. Yeah. And, and I'm talking every single failure. I mean, just failure after failure, just only seeing twos and three-year-olds I mean, just young, young bucks. Yeah. And, um, I've had multiple hunts ruined by coyotes. Like, and, yeah. you know, and, and to be honest with you, I've, I've never even shot a coyote on my place before because they never have been an issue. And, uh, this year, I mean, all of a sudden I'm like, what is going on here? And it was like, I was cursed at one point. Yeah. And then I, I was just like, what is going on? And I'm, I'm talking just failure after failure after failure. And, you know, one day I was like, you know, and, and, and especially the way that I harvested them was in an open crop field that I am literally belly crawling in, mm-hmm. in, in, in a muddy wheat field. It's an open field. Like, how are you supposed to squat and stalk in an open field? Right. And somehow I managed to pull it off. And, and I was just like, I can't even believe, I, I can't even believe this mm-hmm. just happened. I really cannot even believe it. But, but it's at that point, you know, of getting your ass kicked for an entire season. And like you said, when things come to fruition, it's just like that hard work, all your failures, what you learn from those failures, how you modified your approach from those failures. When it all comes together, it, it's incredible. And there's just nothing like it. No, there isn't. There's, there's, it's a mixture of pride, um, joy, relief, (laughs) huge relief. Um, there's, there are emotions that it's, there's a lot of emotions. There's a sense of weight that comes off of your shoulders. Um, but I don't, it's like you said, you don't lose what you've learned. You, you gain it and you hold on to it, but, um, it's almost like you can take a breath again. Like, oh yeah. Well, and plus like, you know, I, I, I was, wasn't even looking at the calendar and, you know, I had everyone else telling me like, you're running out of time, you're running out of time. And I'm like, I don't even care how many days are left. I'm not looking at the calendar. I yeah. don't need to, I don't need to add all that unnecessary pressure and uh-huh. stress on myself. But it was like, come on guys, do you really think I don't know how many days I have left? Like really, I don't need you to remind me. Yeah. Thanks but, for the pressure. Thanks for the pressure. Yeah. Thank you for the added pressure because it's not like I'm not kicking my own ass over yeah. here. Okay. Um, but, but yes, it was like, it, it was such a relief and it, it was incredible, you know, just that I was, like I said, I, I mean, I had that book, um, you know, targeted, I had mm-hmm. a pattern and everything just kind of came into to play and you know, the rest is history, but yeah. it was definitely my most memorable harvest just because, I mean, I worked hard for yeah. that. And I will say that was, that was an incredible ab workout, you know, <laughs> doing that, that ninja crawl through the, through the field. Through I was the like, field. Oh boy. 
I don't, and I'm not going to lie. Like I, I would at one point and excuse my language, but I was just like, I had to keep telling myself, like, stop being a pussy. Like yeah. keep, keep moving, keep, keep moving, going, keep moving. Yeah. Because I, I was just like, I was beat. And you know, because as soon as he put his head up, I'd have to duck down yep. and I just have to sit there and then just keep going, keep going. And you know, the, the the happy ending is that it all came together. Luckily. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that you, I was about to say, is that one of your most memorable hunts? Um, and it's, is it's, I love that it's not necessarily like you not once have you said in this whole story, it was the biggest buck you ever got. Um, it's not about size. It's not about, um, it's, it's, it's about the actual hunt that makes it memorable. Um, it, it, it truly is. And like, you know, I, I've, I've said this to a couple of people, but you know, full disclosure, I have never measured a single, uh, animal that I've harvested. Yep. So like I, I recently got my black buck back from the, the taxidermist and everyone's like, Oh, you know, how, um, you know, how long were the, and I've, you know, forgive my uh, ignorance, but I can't remember if they're called antlers or if they're called horns on a black buck, but yeah, nevertheless. Um, and I'm like, I've never measured a single animal that I've Mm -hmm. harvested because I don't know. And I don't care. You know, it's not about that for me. Like it's about the experience and, and I just love every single second of it. I agree. We've got, we have my first buck on the wall and we've got a buck that my husband got that was um, probably the the biggest buck that our family has gotten. And he's up there and he's beautiful. And then we've got a couple of others that are up there. But my son got a button buck this year. We didn't mm-hmm. – He we thought he, that she was a doe. Um, it's his first deer. He was like, I got a doe, I got a doe. And then – um, we got it over there and realized it was a buck and he was so excited and he was like, and it's going to go on the wall. And I said, dad gummit, it is, it's going to go on that wall. It is your first deer. It is that it's going to be a Euro mount right next to all of our other Euro mounts of this button buck. And we are going to see it every single day and remember that story and remember the, the history that went along with it. And it's, um, it isn't about the size. It is about the hunt. And uh, you can't replace those stories at all. Um, you just have to keep telling them to remember. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I'm also glad that he didn't get a monster this year. <laughs> I kind of want to keep your, your dreams realistic and, um, right. Right. Cause it is hard to compete with that afterwards. Yeah. You know, like, um, I think what's his name, um, on Instagram, I think it's like, uh, Chad Allen Jones, you know, yes. like he, uh, and I'm just like, Hey man, that is incredible. But it, I'm thinking to myself, like, good luck next year. Not, yeah. But it's like, how, how, how do you compete with that for yeah. the rest of your life? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just, like, literally, do you just hang it up? Which mm-hmm. I mean, that, of course that's not an option. No. But uh, it's like, um, you know, like well done, but how do you compete with I that know. the following year and the years to come after that? I know we were, we were really hoping just for a doe, like just for anything. And I think that we were all sitting, I had my daughter with me and he was with my husband. And I think we were all just sitting there going, okay, we want something to come. 
We want him to have this opportunity. He's excited about it, but please don't be a monster, please. <laughs> and and like you said, there's it's just something to be able to to move on for. And with him being so young, we wanted him to look forward to things. And um, and he is. He's looking forward to next season. And um, I'm looking forward to I'm really hoping this buck this year. So it was my first year on public land. And this buck and I, we, I probably saw him out of the 15 or so times that I was out there. I probably saw him seven of those times and um, never got a shot. There was one time that he was five yards from me and I was sitting on the ground um, by a tree and I was set up and ready for him. I just needed him to take a couple more steps and it would have been the perfect shot. But if I had moved, it would have spooked him and Mm -hmm. he never took those steps. He turned around and went off like back off in the other direction. And I have to say that that day out of the whole season, that day is probably my favorite of this year. Um, And it didn't end in a harvest, but I called him in. I actually called him in and got within a stone's throw of him and never spooked him the whole time. And that was something in my book that I had never done before. And it was amazing. Like, I feel like, like my hands were shaking. My, I still had that adrenaline rush that I have after harvesting an animal, but it was Mm -hmm. like, I didn't even get anything and I'm happy. (laughs) And that is what hunting is. Um, You know, you hear a whole lot of non-hunters or people who are against hunting well, you just go out and you kill things. No, no, no. No, no. I'm I'm more of like a nature watcher than yes, anything. Yes, yes. Um, and, and it's like, you know, and, and luckily, um, I, I, my best friend, she's been a, a vegetarian uh, for, for going on 20-something years. Mm-hmm. Um, she's She's been hunting with me. She's seen me harvest a deer. Um, you know, she, that's just her choice. She doesn't, you know, try to force that belief on anyone. She'll even, she can cook a great steak, which I don't even understand how it's possible. Without tasting it. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) how do you even know what a good steak tastes like Uh when you don't even eat meat? But, you know, she, she understands, you know, about harvesting. Um, and so by working in Austin, you know, I, I do kind of have to, to keep, especially being in corporate America, I have to, uh, kind of keep which is, which is hard for me because I am very proud of, of being a hunter. Mm-hmm. But in, in that regard, you know, I, I have to, to be careful who I share that with because it's not about, um, you know, like offending someone that you're talking to, but someone o- could overhear you talking about that right. and become offended and then all heck breaks loose, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so the, the thing is, is like, you know, what I try to explain to people is that, you know, the actual harvest part, like, the, the, the taking of the life to me is the worst part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't enjoy it. Mm-mm. Um, and, and honestly, I, I'm more of a nature watcher than anything. Like on my time off, it sometimes like if I'm just out and about, like I'll just sit there, like I'm just sitting there and just taking it all in. And I watch deer and other animals way more than I actually hunt them. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, I love the hunting, but it's more so about just being out there and just learning, you know, number one, getting away from everything, you know, just kind of turning everything off for a second. And, you know, it's kind of like my meditation, you know, without sounding like some giant hippie, right? Like that's what gets me zen. Yeah. And kind of, you know, it's like, you got to get lost in nature in order to kind of find yourself. And so it's not about the kill. It's not about, you know, the taking of the life, because to me, that's the worst part, but it is part of it. And so all we can do is, is do that, but do it as ethically and respectfully as possible. Mm -hmm. I like that you brought up, you know, having conversations and being aware, um, that it's not being afraid of offending somebody. It's being aware of respecting people. Um, right. There's a there's a way different way of looking at it because one way is very selfish. It's very um, like I don't want to offend somebody because I don't want it to come back on me. Um, looking at it as respecting people around you um, takes it out of that and it puts it out there that that we hunters can respect other people's, you know, the way that other people live um, because we Mm -hmm. hope in return that they will respect um, the same way back. And if we are mean and cruel and boisterous in a way that, that does offend people, then how do we expect to be respected um, for the choices that we've made? Yeah. So. And I, I think though that like, and, and again, it's not that like, oh, I'm not proud of being a hunter because yeah. that's the furthest from the truth possible. Exactly. Um, but, but at the same time, I think that what something that, that people really, uh, whether they're on the hunting side or the anti-hunting side, we've got to, we've got to take empathy into account, right? Just right. because we don't participate in the same activity or the same behavior that the other person does. We have to attempt to try to put ourselves in those, uh, that person's shoes and feel what they're feeling from their perspective. Right. And so like, I get it. Like, obviously, you know, people that are, are vegans and stuff like that, like I respect your choice, um, you know, to, to live your life that way. And I also understand that the way that you're responding is an emotional response. And a lot of times, you know, it, it's not, um, you know, out of, um, you know, a knowledgeable response. Right. Right. And and I get it. Like, uh, one of my examples that I try to explain to to some vegans is that like, I've been hunting my entire life. And and one day uh, a buddy of mine was in Africa and I saw him post a a picture of a giraffe that he harvested. And, and I'm like, you know, I saw all the other animals that he harvested and, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then when I saw the giraffe, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it rubbed me the wrong way because I didn't know any better. And my response was emotional. Mm -hmm. It was emotional in the fact that I was like, well, damn bro, that's not cool. You know, why a giraffe? Like who harvested giraffe? (laughs) Right. Because I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. And little did I know that that was a very mature male giraffe that was um, too old to actually breed, but was still the dominant one. Mm-hmm. So he was fighting and, you know, beating up the younger male giraffes um, that were capable of breeding. So basically by allowing that uh, older male to continue to live would actually hurt the herd as opposed to letting it thrive. Right. Right. And again, here I am, lifelong hunter, um, a 
I, I responded emotionally because I didn't know any better. Right. Yeah. And so I think that the only thing that we can do is, you know, we can try to respect people that, you know, they have their beliefs. We have ours. We can attempt to educate them and, you know, respectfully educate them. And, you know, some people are going to hear it. Majority of them aren't. Yeah. But we also have to be able to maintain like our integrity and our respect, because like you said, if we're going at it in like some, you know, vigilante type way or disrespectful way, like we're going against the grain, you know, how are we going to get more people to understand how we're, you know, uh, the way that we see things, Right. It's true. We're doing it in a distasteful way. Yeah. Well, and it's like you said, the emotional response. It's kind of like, hey, can we all just take a breath? And instead of emotionally responding, which is very simple and easy to do, actually Mm -hmm. ask the question. Because most emotional responses have a question behind them. And so Mm -hmm. I have gotten a couple of um, comments here and there that if I had, instead of emotionally responding to them, and I've been reminded by friends, hey, you can't take it personally. This is, that person doesn't know you. They're not hitting you personally. They're not being mean to you just because they hate you. There's a question mm-hmm. behind it. Find out what the question is and try to answer the question respectfully. But asking that, hey, can you explain this to me? Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't say that. Like you, when you responded to it, you didn't ask the question that was in your head um, mm-hmm. in a way that that would further a conversation um, because Mm -hmm. that's what we want. We want to be able to further a conversation with people who have questions. And so I have to constantly remind myself, okay, don't respond right away. Sleep on it. It's always a great, great tactic to deploy. Yes. And then look into the response. Is is the response um, pointing in a direction of a question? Can you draw that question out? Can you open a conversation? Um, Can you take it to like a private conversation so that that person doesn't feel pushed out into the open. Like there's so Uh many multiple ways that you can handle it that takes that sleeping on it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it takes the red out of our eyes, um, or the hurt or the whatever emotion is coming from it. And, and it, as I have been reminded, you don't stomp on balls. You, you kind of you treat it and treat people in a way that's respectful, hopefully in order to, to educate and further that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, and you know what, and the thing is though, is it's like, you know, some people are like, Oh, it's just a waste of time. And you know what it might be, but at least I know, like, like what I said at the beginning of our conversation, you know, when you do things wrong, the, the first several times, like you never have to sit there and speculate as to whether or not, you know, uh, W- would this have worked? You know, mm-hmm. could this have worked? No. Yeah. You, you at least made that attempt. Right. Right. And so you don't have to wonder whether or not like, well, maybe I should have did it this way. Right. 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 On it. Yeah. All we can do is try to educate and attempt. And like you said, like find out what the, the real question is. It's so and, true. You know, and, and that's all we can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hear you on that one. That's, <laughs> I think I'm, <laughs> I'm constantly, and I think that we have to remember as hunters, 
in an online world behind keyboards and especially right now not being face-to-face with people we have to remember that um the words can have different tones and mm-hmm. and simply saying hey can you explain your statement a little bit more to me or hey can can we talk about this you know on the side or you know take it into a different direction and kind of blow that fuse out um I think that we can go a lot further than than we have right now. Um, it'll be exciting to see anyways, um, if you even think of it as a science experiment um, or a social experiment to see, you know, how far can you go in a conversation respectfully with somebody um, mm-hmm. just to create a better environment for them because they might have come from a horrible conversation from somebody. You never know mm-hmm. where people are coming from ever. And so um, if if I can be softer, um, a softer landing ground for that conversation, it would be an honor to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most certainly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I have – I'm wondering, like, outside of your dad um, – you said you've got friends. Like, there's a community around you um, of hunters, and I'm wondering. Like, I always ask women that I interview or that we have conversations. Hey, did you have a woman that ever um, mentored you, or even now, um, friends that are female that kind of walk alongside of you, who inspire or encourage you in a hunting? Um, in a hunting capacity or fishing or whatever it is that you do? Do you have somebody that's a female role that would fill that? Unfortunately, you know, I do not. Um, I, I, I have, you know, for the longest time, you know, I, I'm pretty much about the only chick in the area that I grew up that, that hunts and, but I will say, you know, it's, I've always been a part of the, the boys club because I've always been my dad's, you know, shadow, his partner right. in crime. So it was never looked at like, oh, now there's a girl at camp. It's like, oh, Lindsay's here. Right. You know? Right. All right. right. So I, I, I will say, though, that like, you know, um, in terms of, of like the the local community that I have here, I mean, I have incredible support, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because it, and they don't look at it like, oh, you know, well. As she's a, a female hunter it's just like hey this girl loves to hunt right and I've got like I've got you know people calling me from all, all over all these different farmers they're like hey we saw a buck that you need to come and check out you know <laughs> and I'm like this is the best network of game cameras you could ever yes, imagine it is. right there's all these farmers <laughs> that see all these deer and they're like hey we got your buck picked out and I'm like oh boy y'all are awesome yes um but, I, you know, I will say, though, like, you know, and we kind of talked about it earlier that there's just so many like people, you know, in terms of like Instagram and stuff that like when you have questions and mm-hmm. need help or like guidance and stuff like I, I have just been, you know, like swarmed with just so many incredible people. Mm-hmm. I think that the problem, especially like when females come, you know, like and, and they're new 
hunters, but then they like get into Instagram. Yeah. Is that it, it's the one that number one, they, they haven't clearly defined their roles. Right. 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 You know, are, are you really trying to be a hunter or are you chasing, you know, followers and likes? Right. 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 Uh, and I think, I think that where it kind of goes downhill is when you have someone that maybe doesn't really know what they're talking about, but then they're out there giving advice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that probably the best approach for any female that's trying to to get into any type of hunting, or at least this is my approach. I don't know necessarily if it's the best, but like I, I'll use bow hunting for an example. I, I'm I'm the first to admit that I know nothing. I know zero, <laughs> and I, I know nothing, mm-hmm. and I need all the help that I can get. Yep. Rather than me out there, you know, trying to, to to give lessons and pointers on shooting a bow when I've only owned one for a month. Right. You know? Right. I, so well, it's that that goes it's back. being humble, right? Yes. You know, like I was about and, to and say, I don't, I don't have a problem admitting that I don't know something. Well, right? it shows you know? your transparency, right? It shows. Um, a realistic view of hunting. Um, right, because it's not all upside, right? No. There's so much downside all the time. Yes, yes. And I think that leaving that part out of it um, doesn't do anybody who is new coming into it any good at all because showing only the good stuff, talking about only the good stuff, showing – um, like your journey in bow hunting, showing only the positive side of it, the the bullseyes and the um and the perfect shots. Doing that, um, it it doesn't do anybody any good. It's it's showing the the struggle and the transparency of the realistic side of it that truly encourages people and and makes it to where. I don't know if I, if I was six years ago and starting into this, I'm so glad I wasn't on Instagram back then because I think it would have been overwhelming going through all of the failures that I did over those past few years and seeing other people getting it right every single time. Mm -hmm. That is so hard. Right. And because then you're like, oh, you're already beating yourself up. And then it just compounds the the stress and the pressure. And, you know, you're, you just beat yourself up even harder. And and I think that that's like, like I said, like, I have no problem admitting my failures. Mm -hmm. I have no problem, you know, admitting that I don't know something. Right. And, you know, and like, that's okay. Right. Like, it's okay to not know something. And I, I, I feel like, by taking that approach, you have so many people. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, right? Mm-hmm. You have so many people that like swarm to help you. It's right. incredible. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. But, and it is, it is, you know, there's, there's so many things, you know, that, that so many downsides to, to social media, but like the, one of the most incredible things is that like, it is such an incredible network of people that are there to like truly help. You know, Mm -hmm. I had so many people that were just so excited. Like the fact that I decided to actually get into, to archery and you know, that they were just like, you know, whatever help you need, like, you know, just let me know whatever. And like, they're there to help. Right. Like they really want to see me succeed. Um, 
but I'm the first to admit that like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to work my ass off and, until I get it right. Yeah. Like, just like with anything, right. Yeah. Like when you first start something, you're not an expert. It's and true. You can be doing something for it's decades true. and still not be an expert, but I, I'm okay with admitting that, that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good to hear. It's re- like, I applaud that because, you know, going back to the question, have you ever had you know, a woman mentor you through hunting um, or archery or anything like that. Um, When I ask that question, I ask it on purpose because I want to know. And the answer for the most part is no. Um, I think I've interviewed three women who, um, who had a mom who hunted and I just sat there and absorbed it all. I was like, tell me all about it. Um, because I didn't. I'm. It, it's like you, purely male, until this year that I hunted, A, not solo, but also hunted with women. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't say it was um, easy by any means. I love all of the women that I've hunted with um, as a group, It, but it was different. Um it's something that, again, challenged me and threw me into something that was new. Um, and so I don't know. It's there's I think I've got people that I can ask questions to, but it really would have been cool to maybe have, you know, somebody walk alongside of me who's a couple steps ahead of me that I can be like, hey, I'm going on a bear hunt. I'm going to be out there for like a week. What happens if I get my period? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how? Right. I mean, that that is true. Like, you know, but and who who's going to answer, <laughs> answer those questions? I will tell you who. They are, and I figured them out, and they have given me those answers, and I need to do a podcast on that because it's those are the things that you don't hear about or talk about. And, um, and if you don't have somebody that you can ask that question to, It'd be kind of nice to hear, you know, how do you handle that? Um, mm-hmm. And and so, but I wouldn't for anything take back um, or want to replace the men in my life who have encouraged and taught me and um, and said, "Hey, here's all the thing. This is everything that you need to know. Um, now go do it." Because that's the way that I work. Like, give me all of the information. Let's figure out the tools. And then let me just go, like, screw up and figure Mm -hmm. it out. That's just how my brain works. I need hands-on. And I I just need to do it over and over and over and over and over and and figure it out. And, um, And I wouldn't replace that for the world. I've had some amazing men in my life over the past six years who have been sounding boards and um, information fillers and question answers. And I, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't change that for the world. Not anything. So, um, but it would, it's nice to hear other people's perspectives, right? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And and hear their lessons along the way. But anyways, what have you got coming up this year? Is it more whitetail? Do you have? Um, always whitetail. Always um, whitetail. 
always whitetail and um, hopefully, you know, as long as my training progresses, this is one upside of being stuck at home is, you know, on my breaks and during my lunch, I get to uh, practice with my bow every single day. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So, you know, pending um, the, the travel restrictions right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was supposed to be going to Africa in June. Um, that's still, yeah, that's still kind of up in the air, you know, as long as those travel restrictions are lifted, then I'll be in, uh, Namibia and then South Africa the following week. Um, and then I've got, um, I've got an access hunt coming up here in, uh, the week after, Easter Sunday. Okay. Um, and then, uh, my first elk hunt, um, all of which are going to be rifle that if I get to go to Africa, the guys there are convinced that, you know, my first bow harvest is going to be be uh, in Africa. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, boy, y'all are that confident. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all are that confident, huh? And they were like, well, you know, you do have plenty of time to practice. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, Uh I'm I'm glad that y'all are confident in me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this will definitely be my uh, first uh, whitetail season that I I do, um, you know, that I use my bow. And, yeah. and I'm just excited because I get to spend that much more time. You know, my season doesn't get to, to it's end true. so soon. It's so <laughs> true. It lengthens. I mean, it takes ours from like mid-November to the 1st of January from – it goes all the way from September to January. Like it mm-hmm. lengthens it right. tremendously. And yeah, there's not here. as much pressure. There's not as much pressure in the early archery season. And it's pretty cool. Plus uh, one of the things that, that, that has really um, intrigued me is because the, the main property that I whitetail hunt is, is five minutes from my pillow. And yeah. that's what I love about it. Yes. <laughs> so, it's uh, it's on a river bottom, but it's got one of my dad's cornfields. So mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the the deer that I see, you know, I know that there are one or two bucks that I'll never see because they will never step foot out in the open. Right. And so you know, the, just the intrigue of getting in there and um, you know, being able to to hunt in their their bedding area is just very intriguing to yeah. me. So. Oh, I'm excited. I can't, I can't wait to hear about it. I really hope you get to go to Africa. (laughs) I haven't hunted Africa, but I spent two weeks in Africa. Oh man, that was back in 2005. That was a while back, but, um, I loved every second of it. There's, um, I left a piece of my heart there for sure. Um, so I hope that, um, I hope that everything clears up and you get to go. I really do. I'm, I'm like, I've been waiting my whole life for this to happen. And as <laughs> right? soon as I get the opportunity, the whole world has to go to hell. You know, like, come on, man. Man, I hope it does. Well, we'll we'll definitely keep up with you. Tell So that people can keep up with what's going on, tell them really quick how they can follow you. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram um, at, and it's going to be my first and last name, uh, Lindsay, L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y, and my last name, which is Katrola, K-O-T-R-L-A. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you heard it. She, we're, now, <laughs> now you've really got to work on that bow. Like we're, we're all going to be expecting to follow your <laughs> archery season this year. Um, you now have put it out there fully so that we're all going to be holding you to it. And I think that that, um, 
that will send your drive into over, <laughs> like you're going to be ready. Over, over, overdrive. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for hanging out with me and, and having this conversation. And uh, we, I send you the best. And, um, and I'm guessing you will find out about Africa within the next month. And so um, yeah, I've got fingers my fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Go follow Lindsay on Instagram at Lindsay Catrola. Um, and let's follow her journey, uh, hopefully for Africa and, um, and on throughout the year.